Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Praise the Lord and welcome to Honestly Speaking. I am your host, Sister Alyssa Lynn. It is a new year. It's January 2nd of 2016. I thank the Lord for being able to see this day today. I thank him for his grace and his mercy and his goodness and his kindness for keeping me yet today. Um, oh, there's just so much that's on my mind as far as um, uh, the new year and oh, I've seen so much stuff already that I'm just praying and praying and asking the Lord what to do, what to say, and how to address these things. But I'm going to say that my biggest prayer for this year and every day, as long as I have breath, is that people come to know Christ for themselves, that they come to know Jesus for real, not the fake way, not the, uh, so much stuff I see that's being posted all over social media, so much stuff that I see people saying or I hear people saying in different videos and all this, and I'm going, what is this? Now 2016 is sweet 16, and this is the year of jubilee, and this is the year of blessings. I really wish that some of you that received prophecy from the year before or believed some of the stuff that was going on, I really would like to talk to some of you and see if that stuff really happened. If what was told to you in 2015 about 2015 really happened. There's one thing that I've learned. God is true and faithful to his people. But the question is, are you his? Are you really his? The word tells us that we're to take up our cross and follow him. And when we take up a cross, our cross, and follow Christ, that means the road's not going to be easy because the cross represents crucifixion, which means you die to yourself every day and you follow what he says. I seen one of my sisters in Christ posted on Facebook about how the sin is just so rampant with leaders and church and it's been that way for a while and I think now that some people are just now starting to see that this has been going on the praise some of the praise that people think they're praising they're not under the anointing of the Holy Spirit it's an emotion that is going on in their in the church and God hasn't been there in a long time there are people who don't know been going to church for years and have never been in his presence. There are people who are planning on fasting and they never come out of a fast feeling any different than they did when they went in. That's a problem. All these things are problems. All these things are issues and they all can be addressed by one thing. Seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we seek God first and we put God first, you know, one young lady said about um, what she had heard and she's going to speak positive because she had heard that if you speak positive things, positive things happen, blah, blah, blah. And somebody posted on her thing saying, well, you got to put God first. And she said, God is first. And I'm thinking, really? When was the last time you served him? And not saying her, but people in general who seem to think that they put God first and they're living in a life full of sin. When you're partying and hanging out and God's not first. Oh, well, God don't mind. How do you know what God minds if you don't talk to him? Partying in the clubs and, and having baby after baby by some guy you're not married to or by different guys. That means you're stepping outside. You're in a life of sin. Now, none of us are purple, purpose, perfect. Sorry. None of us are perfect and we all fall short of the glory, but we're supposed to be striving to live for Christ. We are not to give in to the temptations that come and face us that life brings towards us because God doesn't tempt us with anything, but life, when you live it, will tempt you. And if you are living for the Lord, get ready for the enemy to come at you because he wants to slow you down. He didn't care about you when you lived in the world. He cares when you're trying to get your life right and give God the glory. Not because of you, but because of who God is. And he wants to show God up and he will never show God up. I seem to think about the stuff that we are going through in this world and the stuff that we see. We need to line ourselves up with the Lord and trust God and know that he is able to do anything but fail. He does not go against his word. His word is true. The word of the Lord is for all of those that seek him. What we have to understand, because people are always doing this, but you do understand that the New Testament words that are written were written to the church. Now, the gospel was to tell of the Lord and his goodness and his kindness and what he has done for us. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are telling about Jesus so that those that don't know, we have we can share the gospel. Those are the gospels. Acts is the showing of the beginning of the church and how it came together. Okay, got that. And what some of the, the, the apostles went through. Okay, I understand that. But you do understand that after Acts, Romans in on to Revelations. You understand those are letters written to the church. Have you ever read 1st and 2nd and Peter, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John? Have you ever read those? Have you read Jude? Have you read Hebrews? Have you read Galatians and Ephesians? Those were all written to churches. People who were striving to live for God. And he was telling them, don't do these things. Follow me. Don't do sin. I've equipped you so you don't have to live that life. Live the life with me. Yet, when we look around and we see pastors who are preaching the word or supposedly preaching the word but with sleeping with women aren't their wives, how pastors having babies out of wedlock, how about pastors, let's go something a little simpler, how about pastors that aren't really anointed by the Holy Spirit trying to give a word 
And it doesn't make sense. Churches that are dead, when the praise goes forth, it gets cut off. How about the fact that you go to church and can't praise the Lord in a manner that you need to give him glory and honor? Because the pastor runs the church and not the Holy Spirit through the pastor. We have got to stand in Christ today. We cannot afford to be in ministries that are going nowhere. We cannot afford to follow men that are, or women, men or women, who are leading us straight to hell. We must know God for ourselves, which means it's more than Sunday service. Go to church on Sunday and as soon as you come outside, you don't feel any change or deliverance. You're smoking and drinking and all that stuff and nothing's changing in your life. It's not God, it's you. You have not decided to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit because you could be going to a dead church. But if you pick up the Bible and read it for yourself, the word of God will convict you and you won't want to pick up a cigarette again. You won't want to be out there partying and allowing all those different spirits to attack you. And then you come home and just crying out because you don't know why things are going this way. When you start stepping outside of the will of God and doing the things that you think are right, Nothing is going to go right. God has called you as his child to a peculiar place. That's why he calls us peculiar. We are his peculiar people. Oh, I can't even say the word. We are peculiar people. We stand out. We're different. We don't look like the world. We're not supposed to look, act, sound, or behave like the world. We are to be different. Does that mean that if you have tattoos all over yourself, you can't be a child of God? No, that does not mean that. But what it means is the way you carry yourself shows that you're a child of God. There's a way God's people need to act and behave. Now, can we be real? We all suffer, we all have pain, we all hurt. But Jesus when he walked this earth, was full of, sorry, not full of sin. He was surrounded by sin. He was surrounded by the agonies of life. He's had to deal with, um, everybody assumes that Joseph died young because he's not mentioned. So he had to deal with his the man who raised him, his father, dying. So he had to deal with death. I'm sure he had to, and hormones. There's no way he's going to be a man and not have them hormones raging. And nowhere in the world does he say of a girlfriend or he had a wife or anything like that. Although everybody wants to throw all that in there. No, Jesus walked this world sinless. Because if he didn't, going to the cross and dying it would never have mattered. He took our sins to that cross to show us that he understands what we're going through. To show us that, look, I know that pain you're feeling because your children aren't acting right. I understand that pain. I feel that every time I look at one of my wayward children. He says, I understand that pain. I understand that you're laying in the bed with this man night after night after night. Y'all married and you have no connection. I understand that. And he says, cry out to me. Seek 
me. Follow me. This is what Jesus tells us. And when we do these things, life will line up right. Because the word, that's when the word kicks in. See, the word is only valid for those that are following Christ. No weapon formed against you shall prosper because you are walking in the path that God has called you in. If you're walking in a path and all this stuff is coming at you and everything is falling down and it does not seem like, it seems like every wicked thing is prospering. Don't cry out to God and ask him what he's doing. Look within yourself and see what you're not doing are you praying are you fasting are you eliminating sin from your life how are you living it makes a difference you know everybody talks about love 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 and grace 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 and mercy 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 and yes we have the love of christ we have the grace and mercy of the lord that is beyond our understanding but that's not an excuse to sin it's not a reason to sin. And no, we don't sit around and say, I'm going to do this because I know the Lord is going to forgive me. Well, some people I think are really that dumb. But most of us don't sit around and think that. We allow little things to creep up and creep up and we excuse it away. Well, he's going to marry me anyways and we're going to get married. So, you know, it's okay for us to sleep together. I was so excited because someone I know got engaged and I didn't know, but she's sleeping with this man already. And I'm going, oh my goodness, what are you doing? You can't, God's word does not change. And yes, he understands that we're human. And yes, he understands that we make mistakes. And yes, he has grace and mercy, but we have to stop ourselves from doing that. We are part of the issue with sin when we allow it to reign in our lives. Bottom line. I wasn't going there today. I was going somewhere else. But the Lord says, Lord, I do. I thank the Lord for today and I thank him for his grace and mercy. I know that many of us are getting ready to start. Um, most churches do a 21-day fast. Some do 40 days. Some people do 40 days. Some people do 21. Whatever kind of fast that you're doing, I wanted to read a word for you for your fasting period to get started and why it is so important to fast. This is in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goes not out, but by prayer and fasting. Okay. Prayer and fasting. Yes, prayer and fasting. Now, we know that um, what happened prior to this, and you can read the whole entire chapter of verse of um, Matthew 17, Jesus wasn't with the disciples, and the disciples, some man brought his son to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't cast out the spirit that was on him. And the Lord, Jesus rebuked, the devil and it left 
the young man and the son was cured. So the disciples asked, why couldn't we do that? And that's when Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth out, not out but by prayer and fasting. So there are going to be some situations in your life that all it's going to take is you to believe it to be so. And when it happens, it'll happen because you believe. Because God says if we have faith and you have the faith, it's going to come to pass. However, some things you have to pray and fast about. Everything isn't just because of your unbelief. Some things you have to pray and fast. That's what the Lord is saying to them, that you have to pray and fast. It also states in Mark chapter 9, the same situation, just worded a little different. Verse 28 um, and 29. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. So there's going to be some situations or some demonic forces that are going to come up against you and you need to pray and fast. One of the great things I think that starting off the new year, although you could fast, you should fast on a regular basis, but starting off the new year is to, to set that tempo of you fasting and, and putting God first so that you get into the habit of surrendering to the Lord and doing these things. Now, let me tell you, what you should not be doing when you're fasting. Okay? Here's the thing. When you're fasting and praying, praying and you're on a, on a fast, you don't walk around complaining that you can't have nothing but fruits and vegetables or you can only have one meal a day depending on what you're fasting or you can't have that because you're fasting. You don't pray and fast like that. You don't tell the whole world. You don't handle it like that. Okay, now you're doing it as a group, like I'm doing, my church doesn't do a beginning of the year fast, but a couple of us are getting together and doing that, so we know that we're fasting and praying together, but we don't complain about fasting and praying, praying, we don't complain about the fast, you can't come out of a fast in the right manner complaining about it, so don't complain about fasting. Make sure you're reading your word more. There's no sense in cutting out the meals and then you're staring out the window. You need to spend, the point of cutting out the meal is that you're taking and denying your body the food and you're turning your spiritual person over to the Lord. So you're focused more on the word and the word filling you up instead of the food filling you up, which means you spend more time with the Lord. So as you're starting your fast and you say you're in your fast already and you haven't set aside specific time, it's time to get a little more organized and get right with the Lord, okay? Because Jesus truly does deserve this. Yes, it does upset me because you can't say you're going to fast and then you go about your normal routine. That's not fasting. You need to put time aside and that's part of the commitment of fasting. You put time aside specifically for you and Jesus, and you spend that time talking and listening to him. You spend that time in prayer. You spend that time in reading and studying the word. It's not, you, you make the time. So if that means you have to get up an extra hour early to do that, please. God has done so much for you. You can't get up an extra hour. 
Really? Because I guarantee if it was something else, you'd do it. If your job said overtime and they were paying you three times overtime, you'd do it. If your kids needed you to do it, you'd do it. There's always something that'll motivate you to do it. Let God motivate you to spend time with him. And let me tell you, get ready for the enemy to attack you when you're fasting properly. When you're spending time with the Lord and hearing from him, the enemy is going to send people to take you off every time. Sometimes it's going to be your husband because my husband and I don't always fight fast at the same time. So I better prepare myself when I'm fasting that he's going to say or do something that's going to work my last nerve. And he ain't going to be doing it on purpose. He's not doing it on purpose. But because I'm trying to fast and get closer to the Lord, I'm feeding into that. Yeah. None of us are perfect. So prepare yourself. Arm yourself with the word. Prepare yourself. Remind yourself, I'm fasting and things are going to bother me. And I'm going to let it slide off and I'm going to look to the Lord instead of looking to myself. While you're fasting, there's one thing I received off the internet, and I think it's just so awesome. Surrender everything to the Lord. Everything. And I'm going to read this to you. It's a prayer of surrender, and I'm sorry if I knew where I got it off of the internet. I would let you know, but I haven't. I don't remember. It, I have it actually on my wall, so I can remind myself. <laughs> Um, it says, ask God for his mercy to enable you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's Romans chapter 12, verse one. Confess to the Lord that you don't have the understanding or the authority to direct your own steps. Pray that he would help you look to him as your master. That's Jeremiah 10, 23. Pray for God's daily grace to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Acknowledge to him that whoever wants to save her life at all costs will lose it. But whoever loses her life for Jesus' sake will save it. That's Luke 9, verse 23 and 24. Share with Jesus that you won't withhold anything, including your very life, from him. Echo Jesus' own prayer before his crucifixion. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. That's Mark 14, 34 to 35. Consider what aspects of God's will you've, you've been resisting, what cup you've been refusing. Share with God your desire to humble yourself under his mighty hand, trusting that when the time is right, he will exalt you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Acknowledge to Jesus that he is the true vine and his father is the vine dresser. Tell him that he has the right to take away every branch in him that does not bear fruit and to prune every branch that does bear fruit, that it may bear more fruit. Pray that God would teach you to abide in Christ and Christ in you. Confess that as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in Christ. Claim the promise that whosoever, whoever, sorry, that whoever abides in Jesus and Jesus in him will bear much fruit. For apart from him, you can do nothing. And that's John chapter 15, verse 1 through 7. 
Ponder the truth that you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Share with God your desire to glorify him in your body as it belongs to him. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Confess to the Lord that all of your material and non-material blessings are gifts meant to be stewarded well with the intention of multiplying them for the master. Ask the Lord would ask that the Lord would mold you into a faithful servant and not a worthless one. And that's Matthew 25 verses 14 through 30. Praise the Lord that the earth is his along with everything in it the world, and all who dwell here. Ask him to impress this truth on your heart and to help you live accordingly. That's Psalms chapter 24, verse 1. Contemplate God's promise to bless Abraham so that he would be a blessing. Pray that God would show you how he wants to apply this in your own life. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. So as we enter into this new year, let's not look to other people. Let's look to God. Let us surrender all to Christ. Let us turn over everything. Let us not walk in the ways that we used to walk. Let us stay focused and determined to walk with Christ. And yes, get ready because the enemy's going to attack. But if you line yourself up with other sisters and brothers in Christ who love the Lord, set up some prayer lines. I don't know, call them and ask them to pray for you. I have sisters that Facebook me and just ask for prayer. Tell me what's going on. I pray for them. Let's begin to pray for one another. Let's begin to live for Christ. Let us follow what the leading of the Holy Spirit says. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That is what we do, and that is how we're supposed to be. Trust me, it is the best way to live our life when we live it according to the way that God has called us to live. Because then you don't have to see stuff on Facebook that says your miracle just arrived. Claim it by liking, sharing, and typing. Amen. Really? That's how God works? See, I don't know a God, our God, does not work like that. And people post this stuff. And it's so unnerving to me because it tells me they really have hope and belief that these things may happen. They're claiming and naming stuff. Some stuff y'all claiming and naming God never told you to. We need to follow Christ and his will and his way. Let us trust the Lord in all things. Surrender all to Jesus. Instead of this being the year of sweet 16 or the year of jubilee blessings or abundant blessings, how about this being the year of I surrender all to Jesus? Hmm. I bet you I get better results by surrendering all to Jesus. Seriously. Joy, peace, happiness, fruits of spirit. I'd rather walk in that any day. How about you? Why don't you join me this year as we surrender all to Jesus? That is where we need to be. All right. Thank you for joining me for our first broadcast of 2016. 
Bless the Lord, all my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name, for I surrender all to Jesus today. Hallelujah. If you need to talk to somebody, you need prayer, um, you need to talk about situations, you need to just bounce some stuff, or you need a sound ear, please do not hesitate to contact us. We are Women Living for Jesus. We are truly here to uplift the name of Jesus and to encourage our sisters to continue in the walk that God has called them to walk in. Please know that we do have a toll-free number. It is 1-800-640-3517. That's available Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. Um, and also Saturdays and Sundays from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. This is Eastern Standard Time. Also, if you would like to send us an email, it is wl4j1107 at gmail.com. And if you want to check out our website, it's wl4j.weebly.com. Once again, I am your host, Sister Alyssa Lynn, praying that today you will walk in and say all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. God bless. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.